Hello, my name is Ben, and I am your host of the Two Vague Podcast this week. I hope you had a great Boxing Day. This is the last week of the year, which is also when Boxing Day occurs on Monday. Um, And I don't know how much you guys know about Boxing Day, but we're going to talk about that a little bit coming up here. I hope you had an excellent holiday. I bought a present for myself, which will be getting a lot of use, I think. (laughs) I'll give you a hint. It was written after the fictitious robot in a Steve Gutenberg movie. Or, for you folks who are fans of Latin, it's the initialism for postscriptum and the number I always refer to as the Gutenberg. That's your hint. I've been playing that a lot. I've been doing that and also working on episodes coming up, but we'll get into that a little bit more later. First, let me just give you some facts about Boxing Day. For those of you who don't know what Boxing Day is, it's the holiday that celebrated the first day after Christmas. It originated in Great Britain. It is celebrated in Commonwealth countries like Australia, Canada, New Zealand. Uh, I first encountered it when I I worked in Canada up in Edmonton, Alberta, which was pretty wonderful. I had a lot of fun there. That's where I got my Canada pants. When I was up there, I was in Canada for Christmas, um, over Christmas actually, working. I was pretty new to Arizona, and I thought to myself, you know, I've been told I was going to go up there and teach people how to support a version of a software package, and it was very short notice. It was like within a week. They said, you're going to go up there. And I said, oh, yeah, that's awesome. I thought to myself, you know what? I'm from Chicago. I'm sure I have winter gear. No big deal. So I packed, and I realized the night before, I had no pants. I just had my shorts. That's what I took to Canada. Shorts and some insulated underwear to wear underneath my shorts. Just when it got cold, I had a winter jacket. I just no pants. So anyway... I was the guy with no pants. I was the shorts guy, essentially, for that whole time I was out there from October until about March. For Christmas, the folks that I worked with did something really nice. They all pitched in and they bought me a pair of pants, which I now call the Canada pants. And they're really nice fleece-lined pants. But I thought to myself at the time, I was like, well, I'm not going to be... I mean, I don't wear pants in Arizona. It's going to be very infrequently that I use these, so... When I left, I asked the folks who gave me the pants if it would be okay to get everyone to sign them. So I've got this pair of pants that has all the signatures of people I met when I was in Canada. And those are the Canada pants. It was a great way to remember, and I actually use those pants for for skiing too. And you can tell they're the Canada pants because there's a little Canadian flag pin on them. It's a good conversation starter when people say, one of your pants have all these different things on it. It's really neat, and it's also a good memory for me of Canada. That's where I learned about Boxing Day. Once again, holiday celebrated after Christmas Day, originated as a holiday to give gifts to those of lower income, and it originated in Great Britain and is celebrated in your Commonwealth countries. Boxing Day is concurrent with the Christian Festival of St. Stephen's Day, which is celebrated in parts of Spain, Czech Republic, Germany, Austria, Hungary, Netherlands, Italy, Poland, Slovakia, Croatia, Denmark, Finland, Sweden, Belgium, Norway, and Ireland. 
I don't know why they just didn't say the rest of Europe. Oh, and also some trivia for you. St. Stephen is the patron saint of horses. Um, It is not exactly known when Boxing Day, how Boxing Day technically originated. But according to my research, I've identified two possible origin points. Both of these kind of revolve around people of lower income and, and helping people out. One explanation is that it's from opening the church donation boxes that uh, contained all sorts of food and clothing and items for the poor. And that occurred after Christmas Day in, in churches. So it was that would be sort of a boxing, unboxing sort of relationship there. So some people say that it's that. And then others, the one that I've heard is it originated from the practice of giving boxes to employees the day after Christmas because they were working during Christmas. Like, for example, servants, they had to work parties and celebrations of their employers. So after they got to celebrate with a Christmas sort of bonus and and all sorts of other donations and whatnot. I'm not sure, but this kind of sounds to me like it's also the origin of how holidays can work as far as Christmas bonuses are concerned. I mean, it just seems like that is a natural sort of progression. So that's kind of an interesting sort of history or trivia of Boxing Day. These days, one of the things I was told by a coworker in Canada was that Boxing Day was sort of a, a day you can donate your time and be helping the less fortunate. And then also, naturally, it's a shopping day. So people either take it as that, just a shopping day, or they take the time to actually donate their time and effort to those who are less fortunate. So very cool. So before we get into a specific video game I've been playing recently, we recorded a show last week with my friend Paul, who's been on the show before. We had a conversation as a warm-up, which turned into a very long clip, but it had a sort of a through line that made sense. So this is about a half an hour of conversation that we had to open up the trivia show. Take a listen. It goes all over the place, but that's pretty much the show. So if you're used to the show, you'll be enjoying this clip. Yeah, you're not into gaming stuff like the up-to-date gamings, but... um, Not so much. They've got a new game called High on Life, Mm -hmm. where you're... It's the people who did Rick and Morty, so it's like that sense of humor and those actors and stuff, but it's your your guns talk to you, and you have conversations with your guns as a part of this whole thing. Yeah. Hmm. And... It's getting, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like either it hits with you or it doesn't, but it's like, you know, Rick and Morty. I don't want to listen to a Rick and Morty routine while I'm playing a game necessarily. (laughs) It's like, he sounds just like Morty. One of the guns. I mean, I guess they probably have different, different voices. Yeah. (laughs) Do you like the the show Rick and Morty or no? Uh, yeah. Uh, but I haven't seen past like season three. I didn't really keep up with it too much. It's just, it's getting to the point where it's like, you know, it it seemed to be clever. A lot of times it was, it was like they, they had things where, okay, that's kind of a clever bit or whatever. And they do references to things where it's like, oh, that's an interesting, like deep cut kind of reference. Yeah. Like, I think it was on season three, but there was a reference to the movie Zardoz, which is this 
<laughs> crazy uh, Sean Connery movie. It's you know had a floating head, this floating stone head. <laughs> it was uh, oh, so is that what the uh, yeah with the show me what you got or whatever? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. It's it's the one uh, raising Gazorpsor. Yeah, okay, I've seen the, that. One. Yeah, that's yeah. the one that has the floating head because it's basically it is a parody of the movie Zardoz. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing where there's a society that lives above and then the the lower quote unquote society is all you know warlike okay and, yeah, yeah yeah but anyway the floating stone head <laughs> um do you have your phone oh yeah it's a really weird kind of movie but i i kind of like it my dad also kind of like speaking of all just all this stuff that dad liked that i it's it's interesting how many how many things he like liking stuff gets transferred from father to son a lot of times definitely yeah yeah it's very interesting look through all oh here we go i'm sending it to you now by the way oh okay let's see <laughs> what the hell is oh my god is that sean? that is sean connery <laughs> I, okay i'm not gonna lie i completely like forgot that that was where this was coming from <laughs> like that was the relevance yeah <laughs> it's like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah no that's 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 from the movie uh that's from the movie itself what the fuck yeah <laughs> the knee-high boots yeah yeah that's and good. that's a everything good, else <laughs> yeah that's a good look and look at a ponytail and the, like the you know crazy kind of like but anyway if you look at and, and the and the director um i think it was richard borman was the was the director before that he did deliverance so this was just kind of like a weird sort of like okay yeah <laughs> like shift into a weird sci-fi kind of story but yeah it's that's bizarre yeah well you know i might have to watch the movie now oh yeah i mean i just have to see like how that makes any sense yeah <laughs> just oh, yeah. that picture <laughs> it's post-apocalyptic future barbarella that's kind of how i would explain it to someone hmm. are you familiar with barbarella probably not <laughs> barbarella is like an old 1960s movie with uh <sighs> anyway it's like you know it's all about sex and love and oh, okay. hippie. it's all hippy dippy shit in fact it's also where duran duran got their name oh okay because there's a, a look a, there's some trivia yeah exactly see exactly see i'm kind of warming us up with trivia yeah here. um but yeah there's duran duran has their name from that from from barbarella from barbarella huh that's but my anyway. mom's favorite band by the way duran duran <laughs> or at least yeah one of them she has like two or three but oh yeah yeah that was my first concert right on yeah, yeah that was my first concert ever well it's it's kind of close between that and huey lewis in the news but i believe this was just days before huey lewis in the news we saw huey lewis in the news at milwaukee fest they had a festival a music festival and, oh okay and mom wanted to go see huey lewis in the news and she's like we there was a big line to get into the auditorium and this guy started going security security and making his way through and he wasn't security and making his way through the crowd so mom grabs her hands and goes let's go and just <laughs> follows him Hell and yeah we, we found a tiny spot which became a very large spot that could fit us and yeah and duran duran my dad took me to go see duran duran my dad and stepmom one of the things was it was when I was like, I don't know, sixth grade and I invited a girl to go with me <laughs> and it was like, I invited this girl named Terry Tope. She was really into Duran Duran and all the other girls were like, 
well, she's just using you for the tickets and blah, blah, blah. And then I had to go to the school nurse's office to like, because I was confused. <laughs> it's stupid. But yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Duran Duran. It was uh, it was seven in the Ragged Tiger tour. Right on. Yeah. If you've ever seen the video, re- the reflex, it's like, that's what it looked like. Those big pillars and lights. And mm. that was the concert. It was just like that. Cool. So anyway, I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to start the show very shortly. Let's see if Nora's available. Hello. Hello, Nora. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. This is me. And then yes. we also have Paul. Hi, Nora. Hi, Paul. Hi. Hi, Paul. <laughs> we're just about to record our trivia episode. Oh. Yeah, very exciting. Yes. I like trivia. Oh, cool. Right on. Yeah. I will I will be saying as much in the episode. <laughs> but so, I've got trivia stories. I'm telling that one about Tom. Which one? Uh, I forgot. One, I, you know, I'm old. The, the one with uh, Tom and the word epitome. Oh, yeah. Epitome? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, yes. So yes. do you have any questions before we get ready to do the show? Oh, Lordy. Questions uh, from my aunt, maybe? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, my, uh, I find that my brain, as an old person, my brain is so full of trivia. <laughs> Nothing important. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. I just have so much junk in my brain. And, uh, you know, if they're, I mean, where's it going to go? You know, as you get older, it just stays in the brain. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm just sort of. <laughs> no, no. That's, oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could relate to that already. I feel like, you know, you just pick up stuff here and there and you never know when it's going to be like coming up again. So. Right. Whether yeah. it's important or not. Right. Yeah. And, it's you know, there. sometimes it doesn't even matter if you want to remember it. It just sticks around <laughs> for whatever reason. So. Right, get that. Right. Pat Oswalt right. has a, um, are you familiar with stand-up comedian Pat Oswalt? Yeah. Yes. On one of his specials, he does a bit about how he can recite the entire Rutger Hauer part when he's dying from Blade Runner from beginning to end. Uh, oh, really? But he can't remember whether or not he has to blow in the mouth or the nose to do baby CPR. He can't remember baby CPR, which he just learned, but he, that's so oh, funny. See, there you go. Okay. Like it yeah. sticks for like whatever that kind reason. of thing. It's like, well, yeah. why can't, why yeah. can't, can I give up some of that space? Funny trivia about that right. scene right. actually, cause I have it fresh in my head right now. Oh really? Yeah. That actually was supposed to be a lot longer of a speech, but I guess, uh, Rucker Howard didn't want to be out in the rain that long. So he shortened it a bunch. So huh. yeah, there you go. So it was because Rucker Hauer, it's Rucker Hauer's fault. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, fault. Or, if, yeah. If, he, uh, if he had a little more tolerance for rain and general wetness, um, <laughs> you know, he may not be able to remember that whole quote. Yeah, the, yeah. the seas of uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> cut all that out and then yeah, lost yeah, in probably, time. They probably cut out the part where he said blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, the size of fire and blah, blah. Okay, blah, blah. I get the yeah. point. Let's <laughs> just go to the end. And yeah. yeah, anyway. Did you like that movie? Oh, Blade yeah. Runner? Who are you talking to? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was okay for me 
Tom, yeah. Tom watched it all the time. That's my, my husband oh. who isn't with us anymore. But anyway, he watched it all the time. So I saw it a few times. Yeah, Dad really liked that movie too. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's the only thing that my husband, Tom, and your dad had a lot in common about. Oh, really? <laughs> Blade Runner. Did you both like yeah, Blade, Blade Runner, Runner a lot? Yeah. It is pretty awesome. It yeah. didn't click for me the first time. I had to see it maybe two or three oh. times before I was like, all right, I really like this. But When I first saw it in the theater... Uh, we actually saw it in Indiana at the theater near Southlake Mall, that that theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's where we saw it. I was so bored by it. <laughs> like, really? Part of, yeah, part of the way through it, I got, you know, and I didn't understand what was so cool about it. It wasn't like, it really didn't hit with me. It was like Star Wars hit, but that didn't. Yeah, for some reason, huh. maybe it was too cerebral yeah. for my young well, age. I'm telling you, the same thing. When I saw it the first time, it did not click at all. Yeah. I was bored. Yeah, I was yeah. only watching it because I wanted to, like, you know, give it a chance or yeah. whatever. But, and I think you know, maybe a year or two later, we saw Return of the Jedi in the same theater. Yeah, with Grandma, with your mother. Wow. <laughs> she took uh, Adam and I to go see Return of the Jedi. That's awesome. Yeah. And she'd never seen any of the others before. She didn't know any of it. And she's like, you know, we're talking grandma. Like, oh, hey, hey, grandma, would, would, did you like the movie? And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I didn't really like that that uh, Jabba the Hutt. He was, he was gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but other than that. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan of Jabba the Hutt. That's so funny. The movie was pretty good. She was surprised that she enjoyed it as much as she did, if if memory serves me correctly. Yeah, so. I wouldn't be surprised. I, oh. I mean, I would I would uh, think there are definitely parts that she would think were cool. Well, whatever yeah. she would say. Yeah. Yeah. And how old was she? She was like my age, right? Maybe a little what? older. She yeah, was this, your age. Yeah, this is when when I was a teenager, or like before yeah. a teenager. So like I right, was like right. twelve or something. Twelve or something. Yeah, um, and then she must have been like 50s, 60s. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in the inner 50s, yeah. Right, right, right. So as old as I am. <laughs> youngsters. <laughs> People in their 50s are youngsters, that's mm. right. Yeah, crazy kids today with your Zima yeah. and your hula hoops and your <laughs> Pac-Man video lawn. games. Oh. And yeah, get off my lawn, Dan Fogelberg. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's basketball. Yeah. Are you so, familiar with just, basketball? I am, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Uh, Nora, uh, what am I familiar with? What basketball? What's that? Um, you know the guys who did uh, who do South Park and uh, Book of Mormon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a movie they did. Um, that was I believe their second movie. I want to say their second movie because I think the first movie they did was Orgasmo. Okay. Which was about a a guy who was Mormon, but he gets into porno. <laughs> and and anytime he has to actually do anything porno, they have to they have to get the stunt cock. <laughs> so they just yell stunt cock, and then a the guy replaces the dude. But he's just like, yeah. Anyway, oh, uh, stunt cock. Not familiar with that one, but but anyway, <laughs> basketball is the second one, uh, or the second one that they did. But it's about these guys who make up the sport basketball, and the basketball gets big. And anyway, okay. <laughs> The older guy who does that whole thing where it's like you crazy kids today with your Zima and your hula hoops and your short attention spans and Dan Fogelberg and you're going, Dan Fogelberg? What? <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Well, I guess since we don't have, do you have any, any trivia? Trivia. Well, I looked 
I just looked up to Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. Right. Because I didn't know who wrote it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you? Yes. Don't look it up. Okay. No, I know. <laughs> he knows. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I, I, then, I, I being old, I am, yeah, my old brain, it, until you just said the first syllable, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize, I mean, I knew who it was, but I, I have to think about it, and then Philip K. Dick. Well, I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not, I'm not a um, science fiction person. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but I did read, like I read some, I, I was reading a little bit to try it out because my husband was, and I I really did not like anything Philip K. Dick wrote. Oh, really? Huh. But I didn't realize he wrote this. It was a short, short, um, yeah. short story or oh, short yeah. novel or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And from what I, from what I hear, it's not even exactly recognizable. It's just a sort of a concept. Oh, okay. And yeah, he took the script from the concept. It's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So there was some trivia. Yeah, there you go. There you <laughs> it go. always pops up. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you, then you right. had, uh, we also talked about the, the director of that movie, Ridley Scott. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that iconic commercial where there's the lady, uh, the Apple commercial, the 1984 yeah. Apple commercial. Yeah, yeah, with the sledgehammer. Yeah. And the, yeah. yeah. That was directed yeah. by Ridley Scott. Wow. Did not know that, actually. Yep. Ridley Scott yeah, directed wow. that. And all those people with, with the, who were in the audience, who were all the, the, those guys, skinheads like yeah. actual like neo-nazi skinheads yeah really weird make a buck yeah. yeah exactly that's what they did they all you know interesting <laughs> yeah 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 but anyway yeah. there you go so much trivia they, they don't have to they don't have to shave their heads they they become pre-shaved <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, right 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 so anyway cutting yeah, off the middleman yeah exactly all right, so nothing else. We just got our our trivia, Jones. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, and uh, enjoy all the little bits of trivia. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. have one? And I want to involve Nora in this just because I want to make her laugh more. Um, <laughs> so this your episode can be either sixty eight or sixty nine, depending on what <laughs> I do. And. 69 has already been requested by Arden. He wants, he wanted 69. Sure. Okay. That's okay. Fair. So, so I mean, if you want, what's his episode, uh, his episode is chaos. I mean, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> he could take that one. Okay. So, so I don't have to give you 69. Well, yeah, please don't, at least not tonight. Um, you know, I mean, Marilyn's not in town, but yeah, the other alternative is giving Nora 69. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So let's not even go there. Well, you know, when I taught, when I taught, I taught eighth grade math <laughs> and, and sometimes sixth grade. And when I was making worksheets or test questions, I made sure they didn't have an answer of 69 <laughs> because the kids were, I mean, it's, this all sounds like sixth grade, uh, you know, oh, mentality. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Good foresight. And let's not even talk about uh, the calculator thing where you'd uh, do the numbers boobs. upside oh, down yeah. and make boobs. Paul knew exactly what I was talking about when I said calculator. <laughs> That's a timeless one. <laughs> boobs. Yeah. Boobs. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what's that? Is so, that a f- okay. All right. Five. Is that five or two? Well, oh, uh, for the S. I think it's five. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, five is what it looks oh, like, yeah. but backwards it would be upside down. Anyway, I, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Eight oh oh eight. Yeah, or something. <laughs> I don't know. 
I just oh. want to say, I just want to say boobs again. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, okay, well like, we're getting boobies. <laughs> yeah, and you could do boobies too. That was the other one. Yeah, because we one in three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Easy yeah. enough. Yep. Uh, I just I miss teaching those youngsters. Yeah. Do, right. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, do <laughs> no. you? No. At any time, <laughs> have you ever gone? Nah, I wish I could see those kids again. Uh, maybe one or two of the kids. Okay, so specific kids, but not like. <laughs> yeah. I really miss teaching. Teaching. No, because little... because teaching changed so much. Oh, okay. If, you know, like if it was if it was like the first ten years I was teaching, great. I'd love right. to, you know, go back and help and stuff, but no, it's just changed too much. Tor- and toward, towards <laughs> the end, it started to get like, like too bureaucratic or like what? Oh, like too well, bureaucratic. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Definitely that. Plus, uh, the, the accountability was only on the teacher, not the student, not the parents, oh. not the administration, you know, yeah, whatever sure. happened. Oof, it Definitely was could see that. Yeah. 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 So, so when you stopped teaching, it was like early two thousands. Two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking early two thousands sounded exactly like that. Like yeah, that yeah. overall yeah. shift. Yeah. I mean, that was when I, you know, was in school and stuff. But well, th- there was oh, also so you were one of those. <laughs> yeah, I was prime. Yeah. <laughs> Boobs. Yeah. Anyways, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's also also around the time when that was happening in the business industry kind of thing too, oh, where it was yeah. like, you know, you'd have these surveys and it was all about the person who was providing the service and not about the person who was giving the opinion. But I mean, it's different, right? It's, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's business and part of that is true, but if you've got a person who's difficult and is never going to give you high marks well i right. mean you know that's how How are you supposed to do anything about that right well they and, just get and, mad at me when that happened <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> i used to do that oh okay all right only if it was bad only if they were bad to begin with the yeah. administrators i wouldn't do it if they weren't bad but i, yeah. I was just honest i didn't yeah. you know i was honest i wasn't being a oh okay so when you, you when you had your rankings <laughs> yeah. of the of the business itself yeah, yeah, gotcha. So anyway, yeah, you guys go on and get get about your business. We're and, gonna uh, we're gonna get about our business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I hope, hope it's a good good. Um, oh, it will podcast. definitely be good. I got Paul here. I want to get Paul on more frequently because yeah, <laughs> he's a smart yes, guy. I remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember from the, oh, the other you. ones. But yeah, I'm flattered. So. Yep. And to think, I worked with his dad long ago. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Small world. Yeah. So. so crazy. And it's like I don't know if I'm making this up in my head, but it's like I remember you as a young kid. Well, I, mean, I, I did go there for the like take your kid to work day. You, so that's probably when you would have seen me. And you, do you remember wow. any crazy multiply pierced weirdo? Because that would have been me. <laughs> well, yeah, I know that's what my dad said, but uh I, I can't say <laughs> I do. I think my only memory of that day, well, is like we went through this one spot and, and there was like the leader guy, whatever that was, you know, walking us around, giving us a tour of the place. Uh-huh. We went through like the financial division and oh, he had really? us all yell like, show me the money. Oh, and it was so awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Everybody just kind of like looked up at their desks at us and we're like, uh-huh. oh, Lord. Oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Good, great. All right. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's probably my number one memory of that I day. I can't hear you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, right. this, is, this is great. I hope you guys have a good evening. I'm having a good one. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, good. Good to hear. Good deal. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. we're we're going to be recording next week, right? Yeah. Yeah. What okay. are you guys doing? Know. Uh. Well, we got two ideas. Okay. Uh. One idea is a mystery, and the other idea is art. And mm. I don't know which one we're going to do first. Oh, it's a mystery. Yeah. It yes. is a mystery. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you, are you, are you okay with either or do you want rather do art? Let's do art. Cause I've been thinking about that more. Have you been playing the game? No, no. Nora. I've, I've been busy uh, I know, I going know. to the grocery store and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, fine. It's, it, I mean, if you can get past the, I mean, it's, it is, it is an interesting game, very multiple oh, yeah. layered. It's like reading a book in, yeah, so far as it's deep. But it's like, you know, it's got some deep parts to it. But unless you play it, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah, I know. I, and it's one I am interested in. So. Okay. All right. So you guys, go on about your business. Okay. All righty. I just all right. don't want to take all your time. Okay. So, all right. I will um, talk to you later, I'll Nora. See you later. Okay. Until right. okay. next time. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Okay. All right. I already have to use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I was downing that drink, man. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Go for it, and then we'll start. Okay. All right. <laughs> Give me a chance to make sure I know what I'm talking about. Oh, that game was Immortality, by the way. Immortality? Yeah. It's oh, a, the one you were talking about. Yeah, it's, it's a Netflix game. Oh, yeah. I think I have it. Aluminum linoleum, aluminum linoleum, aluminum linoleum. Yeah. 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 It is. Yeah. It's like dad used to have it in his, in his office. Um, when he had an office. Yeah. The same one. I think it has a crack in it, but I mean, you know, I can get it. I mean, it's a poster. So if I wanted to get a new, a new frame for it, a new frame and glass, I can just take it to the great frame up or whatever framing. Yeah. No, they, seriously, there was, it's called. Yeah, there was there was a uh, it was in the mall. It was a uh, it was one of those standard mall stores you would see in every mall. It was called the Great Frame Up, and it was just a place where you would do your own framing. You would pick out a frame, and then they have a frame table, and it was a DIY framing place. Right on. Yeah, I I think DIY stuff like back in the mall days that's really interesting. Like that kind of thing, like build a bear workshop or whatever. <laughs> That's so funny. One of my coworkers was just super paranoid uh, because of our location, our store. Right. She had like a bunch of Build-A-Bears in her car and was like, oh, they're going to get stolen. I'm like, yeah, because that, that's what these homeless people are trying yeah, to get out exactly. They're going like, to steal no your Build-A-Bear, want... take it to a pawn shop. No one wants that shit. <laughs> no one wants your dumbass bear. Nobody wants that fucking... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, look at this creepy doll. Hmm. Yeah. Ooh. But anyway, I pay money for this. I understand that there are like you know a lot of people customizing. Like there are there's Hasbro has a like you can make like an action figure that looks like you now. <laughs> I kind of want that just yeah. to yeah. You like put you can, it in funny places. You, you can put a GI Joe. You can make a GI Joe that looks just like you. <laughs> and you all oh, you, Do you know, know how much it is? Probably like hundred dollars oh, at it's, least. Yeah, I mean, if you look, uh, it's uh, it's in Hasbro Pulse is the name of the the website. They you can buy like you know not 
super popular stuff. Oh, okay. Um, that Hasbro more, more, you know, interesting things that Hasbro will, will sell, you know, not like standard Toys R Us stuff. Sure. Sure. Hasbro pulse where fans come first. <laughs> that sounds very generic. Yeah. Where fans come with extension cords. <laughs> Choose your location. I am not in the United Kingdom. Okay, so on the on the front on the front page, it has this dude who has a Power Ranger that looks just like him. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, I can't see so much of the Power Ranger, but yeah. I will. Uh, I mean, but it is, is it a pretty close likeness. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You can you can you can do. I mean, it's got like all sorts of different characters you can do, and a lot of these these figures are the larger ones. The more like you can also at, at this Hasbro Pulse site buy a lot of these special edition Star Wars uh, figurines that people collect. How come I have a different guy? What's up oh, with that? What does your dude look like? <laughs> what is he holding? I can't see that far. Is it a Power Ranger? Uh, mm, this looks like Star Wars, kind of. Yeah. I don't know if it is Star Wars, but mm. it's not. Mm. It's got like a sword, though. That like not like a lightsaber. It's got like a, I don't know. Custom figure. Okay. Selfie series. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Hasbro Pulse selfie series. 60 bucks? That doesn't sound super bad. I was honest. No, I was thinking my $100 was too low. I was thinking it was like 250 or something. And it looks like featuring, oh my gosh, there's a pretty good selection here. It looks like Power Rangers, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, Marvel, and Ghostbusters. That's actually pretty cool. The Ghostbusters one would be, I think, the best, personally. But Fun Paul trivia. I actually broke my leg wearing a red Power Rangers costume when I was five years old. There you go. So I could get that and then make it look like me and then just snap the leg in half. And then just like, yeah, this is me when I was five. (laughs) But you'd have to get a photo of you when you're five to him. Yeah, but I wouldn't want like an action figure of a five-year-old on me. Yeah. Even if it was myself, I wouldn't want to have to like explain that's kinda, that. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> no, no, no. It it's me. No, really. <laughs> yeah, sure, buddy. Yeah, it looks like you you can go to the app store. I guess that's where you scan in your face is through the app store. The, there's a Hasbro Pulse app, and then I guess you s- send it with there. Anyway, interesting. So if you want to be Dark Phoenix, I wonder if they have any transgender kind of things hmm. where you can do like you know you can put your like man's face on a woman's body yeah anyway i'm sure you probably can like oh yeah i'm sure there are a lot of uh, drawbacks of limiting that like not allowing that would far outweigh it oh god (laughs) yeah the bad pr and and that's the thing too it's like people want like you know like spider-man i mean people who do cosplay they're they're gender bending kind of things too where it's like you know you want to do a female Spider-Man or whatever. Although, you know, I am reading right here. It says that the uh, the figures are available for 16 and up fans. So I don't think my five-year-old broken leg can happen. No. They might reject that. Yeah. As they should. As they should, right. <laughs> anyway. Well, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Since 16 and older. Yeah. Can you make one that looks older? Like, you know, make a dude like haunching, you know, it's like he's got bad posture. <laughs> no, it's just, it's all they do is that they just put the, put the custom head on it. Right. Yeah. So that's all it is. Yeah. They make a custom head and that makes perfect sense. It's like build a bear workshop. We were talking about that too. 
Yeah. Kind of the same thing. That's why I thought of it. But Very anyway, similar. let's start the show. Like oh, we, yeah. Like we do. Let me just get a sip and then I'm in. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that. We're not going to be talking about boobs or the number 69 or the episode 69 because this is episode 68. We're going to go into our particular game that I've been playing, which is a lot of fun. It's got a lot of descriptors that I don't necessarily agree with, but I can tell you sort of the history of them. There are two terms in general. The first being what is called a roguelike. Roguelike games have certain mechanics in them that are like a game that was developed back in 1980 by Michael Toy and Glenn Wincham. And I think we've talked about this on the show before, but they were inspired by the Colossal Cave adventure game that was on some of the mainframes back in the late 70s. And they were into Dungeons and Dragons, so they wanted something that was more representative of what a Dungeons and Dragons experience was like. So they created this game called Rogue, or Rogue Exploring the Dungeons of Doom was the full title. You explore levels of a dungeon and you're, you're seeking a particular amulet located at the dungeon's lowest level. It's sort of a turn-based game and had kind of a grid represented, the original iteration of it had sort of a grid represented by ASCII characters and each letter or character stood for, you know, either a monster or a treasure or some sort of thing like that. I remember seeing games like that that had to do with sort of space battles where they did a very similar thing, but that was much, much lighter. But as far as trying to represent things on a grid, that's the only way that they could do it on a mainframe. It was a freeware game initially, but then Michael Toy and Glenn Wincham created their own company with a gentleman by the name of John Lane called AI Designs, where they were financially supported by Epics, which is a big gaming company back in the days. I remember buying a lot of Epics games on my Commodore 64. They came out with a version of Rogue for the Commodore 64, and I believed I, I played it. It had, they replaced the graphics, they added sprites and things to make it more appealing graphically. It was basically a Dungeons and Dragons experience. There were a couple things that were notable about Rogue. Primarily two things, and this is kind of where people use Rogue-like to describe their games. There is a mechanic, well I guess it's not really a mechanic, it's more like a rule. Your death is permanent, so you can, when you play the, through the game, if you die, you have to create a new character, which is very much a Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing. While they were playtesting this, they found people would do things with saving the game before so they could try and sort of cheat it. So they ended up doing something where it deleted the file. If you died, there was no way you could get it back. So there was no way to kind of cheat death in this instance, which was kind of the point. You can't do that in Dungeons & Dragons unless you have a dungeon master who was willing to bend the rules for you or whatever. Uh, and then another thing that was notable about this game was the fact that the dungeons were 
what they call procedurally generated, which means the computer determines where all the things are, what is contained in the dungeon, the orientation of the dungeon, and so on and so forth. So I always get confused. Well, I don't know about confused. I am not a programmer, but it seems to me that there's a very fine line between randomizing things to fit together and having a computer procedurally generate something. The description that I've heard is randomization is just generating a number or selecting an item from a list using a a randomization sort of algorithm, whereas procedurally generated is, is more complex in the algorithm use as far as generating things. And so a lot of people say procedurally generated, but that doesn't always mean from a programmatic standpoint that it actually is procedurally generated. But anyway... The gist is, it's randomized dungeon orientations, right? Those are two notable things about Rogue. The term roguelike was coined because there were games that were starting to use those types of mechanics, where it was death was permanent, and that dungeons were sort of randomly generated. I don't necessarily think that that is... I mean, calling something a roguelike is like having a genre of music that is... U2-like or Steve Miller-like. I don't think it really captures what the music or game, in this case, is. So I tend to shy away from using those types of descriptions, but if someone recalls it a roguelike, well, I know what it means, and now you do too. The next descriptor of this game that I've been playing, it's called what people refer to as a bullet hell shooter what a bullet hell shooter is essentially it's lots and lots of bullets like there are more bullets on the screen almost than other graphics and these usually happen with boss fights where you are getting to the end of a level and you have to fight a boss and then all these patterns where you have to anticipate where to move the ship in between the bullets as you are shooting that's part of what bullet hell means this style of game originated in the early 1990s. In Japan, it's called Danmaku or Danmaku. The literal translation is bullet curtain, which kind of gets the point across. A lot of dodging. The first bullet hell game or bullet hell shooter, there is a little bit of contention. It's kind of a semantic argument on this. There was a game that was called Rekka, which was developed in 1992. It was just basically a spaceship game Think of something like Space Invaders with a vertical scrolling on steroids. It was just very intense. If you look it up online, you can see YouTube videos of this game, Rekka, but the bosses came and there was a lot of fire and bullets that you had to dodge. Some people call that the first bullet hell shooter, but it wasn't quite as, I mean, the screen wasn't as intensely bulleted as your modern bullet hell games. Reco was developed by KID and published by Naxet Soft for the Famicom, or as it's known in the United States, the Nintendo Entertainment System. This game has a very large number of sprites, and it was very fast, which was created specifically for the shooting game competition that was hosted by Naxat Soft called the Summer Carnival 92. It was a game that was programmed by Shinobu Yagawa, who later created 
my favorite, Moochie Moochie Pork. Weird. But anyway, this game was released during a time when generations were switching. So the 16-bit generation was just starting, which means the Super Famicom was becoming more popular. So very few copies of this game were sold. So it's it's one of the more valuable and sought-after Famicom titles out there. I'm not entirely sure it was released in the United States. So it might be just a Japanese-only sort of thing. Maybe if I ever go to Japan, I'll check out Super Potato and see if they have any copies there, but I don't think they will. What is credited as the first bullet hell game was developed by a Japanese developer called Toplan. They released a game called Batsugan, which was the first bullet hell game where the, the bosses had these waves and waves of huge patterns of bullets that you had to dodge. But you had various weapons and you leveled it up. It was sort of like an RPG in that way. You had to figure out which way you kind of wanted to, which path you wanted to take. And on a side note, people don't call things RPG-like, you know, as a genre necessarily. But I think there are RPG elements, which is kind of where I think this whole bullet hell thing, it's more the shorthand. And if you are a gamer, you will know these terms. And if you are not a gamer, you probably won't. So yeah, that is a brief history on the game's Rogue and the Bullet Hell Shooter. The game that I'm playing right now is a game called Vampire Survivors, which was developed and published by a gentleman by the name of Luca Galante. He started developing Vampire Survivors in 2020 while he was unemployed. He was sort of inspired by a mobile game where it had a character where you were automatically attacking enemies. You just move the character around. And this is sort of a combo between, like I said, a roguelike and a bullet hell shooter where you have to go through and your character starts out with a a weapon and some stats. Um, And then each time you complete a level or go so far in a level, you can unlock more characters and they have different weapons which you can then add to your choice between weapons that you pick up. In certain cases, you can choose between three different weapons or four as you're leveling up your character. These waves of enemies that are very much bullet hell-like, these different monster enemies come at you, and you have to kind of weave around them and use the whatever weapons that you have to destroy them. And then at a certain point, I mean, there it can get to a point where if you find the right combination of weapons, where it's just like you're mowing down enemies. So it's kind of reverse bullet hell <laughs> in that case. It's a fun game. It's been praised for its, its simplicity and its addictive nature. It did get nominated at the Game Awards for Best Debut Indie Game, but I believe that honor was won by the people who made Stray. But it did win Breakthrough Award for the Golden Joystick Awards. So it's a kind of a cool story, this guy who created this game, because because it became it started becoming so popular towards the end of the year, this year, um, when it was released you know, a full release for the Mac OS. He'd been developing it pretty much since December of 2021. But then people on Steam, it was released on Steam and people were playing it and testing it. 
Apparently, he spent around 1,100 pounds on assets, art, and music. The music actually is very good, too. It's a lot of fun. The whole experience is just really addictive. And if you're really good, each game can last probably about a half an hour if you can survive the waves, which means half an hour of time wasted each time you play it, possibly. But it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, really cool. This guy, you know, kind of a... You know, started out with an idea and he created it and he's doing really well. So kind of interested on where he takes that concept. The graphics are very low tech. They look very much like your classic bullet hell arcade shooters where the characters are very pixelated looking. But it's really, really cool. So highly recommend Vampire Survivors. I think it is now available on Game Pass for free, but that's the first base level. We've got a DLC that just came out a couple, uh, probably a month ago, and it is, it's really super cheap. It's like five bucks, so even if you don't have Game Pass, check it out on Steam. I believe they have mobile versions, but you have to watch ads as you progress, so I think there might be an unlock. I'm not familiar with the mobile versions. Playing it with a joystick is, even though you're just moving it around, that's preferred. I'm playing it on my Mac, so it's a lot of a lot of fun. Five bucks for the base game, and I think the DLC was three. And I got it on sale, which means I spent five bucks for both. So on that note, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up in the new year in 2023. Our first episode of the new year will be, as we kind of alluded to in the segment, episode 69, Chaos with Arden. And then after that, the episode trivia, which I recorded with Paul, which is that intro was uh, that little snippet was from. After that, well, we've got some words that we're kind of trying to figure out when we're going to do them, the guests. We still haven't recorded these episodes. I've been in touch with someone who I've been trying to get on the show to talk about the word fit, but they're going to school and they're doing a lot of stuff with family. So it's been kind of tricky, but... That should hopefully be coming out in the first quarter of the new year, 2023. And then I'm going to record a couple of episodes with Nora, one on the word art, after she completes this game called Immortality, which is a game that came out from Netflix recently that was kind of also the talk of the game awards because of its interesting story. But we'll talk about that more on the art show. And then also the word mystery. So that's what's coming up. And I just want to say thank you for listening to the Too Vague Podcast. From the Too Vague Podcast and myself, have a safe and happy new year. Have a wonderful night. Bye.